Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, July 26th, 2023, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. The next Starseed Quest to Arkansas is for Pleiadian lineup, November 17th through the 20th. This is a soul family reunion in the heart of the crystal grid, and any Starseed with at least one galactic star marking is welcome. And if you don't know if you have that marking, just send an email to crystals at starseedhotline.com and we'll take a quick look to confirm your eligibility. Tonight, from Lavendar's Vault, comes the key codes that all starseeds need to further their own empowerment, be able to transmute situations and things, and therefore to skillfully track events of a galactic nature. Without this understanding, a successful, successful mission is elusive. And with the current state of our world, this information is more essential than ever since the stakes are higher now than ever before. This episode will be a great one to download and listen to several times as each time you'll get more understanding and be able to fully integrate these key codes. And our website is starseedhotline.com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest and hope to starseeds that you won't hear elsewhere. And if you would like to show your support for our show, all you have to do is click follow on our show page. Our main website, as I said, is starseedhotline.com. The Stage 1 Starseed Confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one Zoom session. And remember, if you have a birthday coming up, you'll get a window of 10 hours of power, great manifestation power. So you can find out exactly when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. And a week or two before your birthday would be enough just for the timing chart. But if you want a reading of that chart, please order it about two months before your birthday because it's always best to know what's coming before it comes. So uh, first up tonight, I would like to introduce Anastasia, if I can find her on the switchboard. Oh, oh, there you are. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, there you are <laughs> with the Starseed News. <laughs> oh, how much I love to be found. I don't want to be lost for too long. Thank you, Ariel. Great to be here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, I mean that more than you know. Well, we're going to start out with a story about treasure. This is like, oh, what person doesn't dream of just stumbling across something fabulous in the ground. This is called the Great Kentucky Hoard, H-O-A-R-D, a hoard of treasure. A Kentucky man has discovered over 700 Civil War era coins in a cornfield. A Kentucky oh. resident had an extraordinary stroke of luck when he stumbled upon an unexpected treasure buried beneath the soil of his cornfield. The man, whose identity and location have not been revealed to the public, understandably, unearthed over 700 well-preserved, sometimes mint, 
Civil War era coins that have captivated both historians and collectors alike, leaving them aghast. As I have already told you, the trove of coins is being hailed as the Great Kentucky Hoard. There are $20 Liberty coins, and those do not include In God We Trust, which was added in 1866 after the end of the Civil War. The government mint has provided a list of all of these coins that were discovered. I'm going to spare reading those to you. It's quite extensive, along with their markings and uh, all of that. It means a lot to coin um, collectors. Um, uh, One of the uh, experts in U.S. coinage has said, I'm always excited when someone calls asking for advice about a rare coin discovery. But the opportunity to handle the great Kentucky hoard is the highlight of my career. The importance of this discovery cannot be overstated. The stunning number of over 700 gold dollars in multi-denominations represents a time capsule of the Civil War era coinage, including coins from the exclusive Dalanega Mint. Finding one mint coinage one mint condition, 1863 double eagle, would be a monumental numismatic event. Finding nearly a roll of these superb examples is difficult to understand. I mean, this is, this is uh, it's like a time machine, going back to the bank in the 1860s and getting a roll of $20 double eagle coins and bringing them forward. He says, while the exact origins and circumstances surrounding the burial of these coins remains a mystery, local experts believe they might have been hidden by a soldier or a civilian during the turbulent times of the Civil War. Many wealthy Kentuckians are rumored to have buried huge sums of money to prevent it from being stolen by the Confederacy. And according to folklore, the famous frontiersman Daniel Boone buried a cache of coins for safekeeping in Kentucky and outlaw Jesse James is thought to have buried $50,000 in gold coins in Kentucky. <laughs> so, all of these coins are being cataloged, they're being classified, they're being uh, itemized. And for you coin collectors who can afford it, these very expensive mint condition Civil War era co- gold coins will be available in the coming months ahead. You can bet you'll be hearing about it. They'll go up for auction or for sale. This guy's got to be out of his mind with joy. It's hard to imagine, really. I suppose if one wanted to sit down and, and follow the um, all of the lists of how many coins there were, we could figure out probably the rough estimate of what that was worth. But I think we would be pretty uh, pretty amazed at how much that is worth. That man is one happy guy. I don't suppose he's going to be planting corn to make a living in the future. All right. <laughs> well, on a very interesting uh, scientific note and a happy one, scientists tell us that they've just completed the world's largest release of seahorses, uh, um, seahorses that were in captivity. They released them into Sydney Harbor in Australia to boost the population's numbers. The white seahorse is endemic to the Australia East Coast and became endangered just three years ago due to pollution and habitat loss. Earlier this year, the Sydney Institute of Marine Science captured three pregnant males. Did you catch that, ladies? Yes, seahorse males get pregnant. 
and the scientists helped raise their babies in captivity to improve their chances of survival. Now there are 380 juveniles, 380 babies, uh, juveniles, that were released with tags into the wild that will enable researchers to monitor their growth and reproductive success in the wild. Three years, three pregnant males, and now 380 juveniles being released into the wild oceans. And I wish them well. May they please survive. Wow, what a story. And the yeah. things that we can do. It, it's an equal story, really, that the habitat has become so bad in Australia, no less, that it's causing the loss of sea life. There you have it. You know, you guys, everybody, uh, this is an aside, nothing to do with the news, but this calls to mind. I was uh, reading in the paper not just a couple days ago about this enormous cruise ship, the biggest ever. I mean, I can't tell you the name of it, something, Princess, something, I don't know. That's not the point. The point is I was dumbfounded by how huge this thing is. It is monumentally large, and it is covered with various decks full of water parks and um, water games. Uh, for th- I can think it can house up to 8,000 passengers. And they release that on the ocean along with other cruise ships. What kind of environmental damage does that do? You know, they just uh, just pour a lot of stuff into the ocean. But anyway, there's that. So our, yeah. our oceans are really endangered. But it's a, it's a plus one for Mother Earth and the other species that the seahorses have been propagated, and now they're being released into the wild, and they're being monitored. And we're actually doing a lot to clean it up. We've got lots of stories about that. Anyway. And that's not to knock cruise ships. Everybody likes cruises, right? But gosh, I mean, bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm, wow, I mean, where's the limit here? All right, well, this is a far-out story. I, there is so much free energy, people, okay? It's just right there. Here is one, an accidentally discover, discovery. Now, check this out. Researchers stumbled upon an accidental breakthrough that could revolutionize the field of renewable energy. By harnessing the power of humid air, scientists have discovered a novel method to generate sustainable electricity. The study's lead author said, to be frank, it was an accident. We were actually wanting to make a simple sensor for humidity in the air. But for whatever reason, the student who was working on the project forgot to plug in the power. And the sensor, which is comprised of protein nanowires, there's your key thing there, produced a very small electrical signal. wasn't plugged in, it produced a signal. The scientist explains it this way. He said the air contains an enormous amount of electricity. Think of a cloud, which is nothing more than a mass of water droplets. Of course, each of those droplets contains a charge. And when conditions are right, the cloud can produce a lightning bolt. But we don't know how to reliably capture electricity from lightning. What we've done is create a small-scale cloud that produces electricity for us predictably and continuously so that we can harvest it. And since humidity is ever-present, the harvester would run 24 hours a day, seven days a week, rain or shine, at night, and whether or not the wind blows, which solves one of the major problems of technology like wind or solar which only work under certain conditions. Well, now, they can come to my house and have all the humidity they want. 
here, too. No <laughs> kidding. <laughs> and we would have all the electricity we needed. Now, the, the article did go on to say that these are nanowires, and they do produce very small amounts. However, it's stackable. It's multipliable. Is that a word? Anyway, <laughs> they can be multiplied, and they're working on a way now to make this so that it really is uh, practical for houses and buildings and such as that. So they'll find a way. Yeah, yeah we've got plenty of humidity to give them, so come on, let's get it going. But that's <laughs> yeah. awesome, guys. That's absolutely awesome. My gosh. Now, you can bet there's some utility companies not liking that very much. But I say, you go, scientists. Let's make it happen. All right, here's a story that's so sweet. And, you know, you kind of have to wonder why it turned out this way on both sides. Uh, What am I talking about? Well, a pair of young boys who were so excited to celebrate their fourth and sixth birthdays on Sunday at a park in Ohio had this huge letdown when none of the invited guests showed up. That's my first question. Why didn't anybody come? A bunch of people said that they were going to show up, but they didn't, said the, the boy's dad, and it really hurt my son's. Well, Mom made a desperate attempt to salvage the day. She made a post to the current events in their community group on Facebook. She invited people to come on down to the park and enjoy food and cake with the family. But she never expected what would happen next. Up pulls the fire department and firemen and Spider-Man, a guy dressed as Spider-Man, and dozens and dozens of strangers arrived to celebrate these boys' birthdays. Well, the moment the boys saw the fire truck, they were beyond excited. There was someone that came out with a Spider-Man costume on, and one of the boys just loved Spider-Man. It made his day. In the end, what could have been a heartbreaking birthday turned into an unforgettable, joyful day. The man said, my wife and I were in tears because it was nothing like what we would have expected, and it meant everything to our sons. Oh. Yeah, God, you gotta love it when community comes together. I mean, what? Let us all remember that the next time we see people going at it, fighting and quarreling, pointing fingers, let's just remember this is, does not have to be like that, right? Well, I think we have a very health-aware audience, of course, starseed people. And here's an article I want to share with you. And I know for many of you, you'll already know about it, but except you might not know about this particular thing. So it's been discovered that probiotics enhances cognitive abilities through the gut in when it comes to the aging brain. They did a study to see if taking a probiotic could improve symptoms of mild cognitive impairment in elderly people. Okay, uh, And they, so they, they um, put a group of people together and they treated them with something called lactobacillus rhamnosus GG or LGG for short. And they treated them for three months and discovered that these people had increased cognitive scores specifically associated with that gut microbiome and that particular probiotic. That's important to note, that particular uh, probiotic. And by the way, this isn't the only study being done for this subject. They are really examining all of the different, uh, and I, I don't know if they even know all of them, but many numerous probiotics, they all offer different things to the body, as I'm sure many of you know. And, and a number of them uh, are offering uh, cognitive protection, apparently. But as for this article, 
the researcher says this is very exciting and it means that modifying the gut microbiome through probiotics could potentially be a strategy to improve cognitive performance, particularly in individuals with mild cognitive impairment. This was a microbiology doctoral person at the University of North Carolina. She went on to say this adds a new layer to our understanding of the brain-gut connection and opens up ways to combat age-associated cognitive decline. The gut is both the largest immune center and endocrine organ in the body, meaning more immune system activity is activated and modulated and more hormones, hormones are created in the gut than anywhere else. Uh, years and years and years ago when I was in school, Nobody knew that. Nobody knew that. And this is a pretty big deal. It's been out for some time, but just remember that. Research, if you're interested, Lactobacillus rhamnosus GG, or LGG for short. LGG. Well, I want to share a dog story with you tonight. I wish I could show you the pictures. And I will tell you that the article that I got that I'm resourcing was really poorly written so sometimes uh, we just have to do the best we can and incidentally I am suspecting a great many of articles now are popping up with AI authorship and um, you can tell just by the way they're written and a lot of times they have mistakes they have to be rewritten redone so it can be a problem and now you know what just happened my computer froze <laughs> Gail uh, well. a second. okay Ariel just a minute here Golly gee whiz, what happened? Why did it do that? I want to share this story with you, and I can't adjust the page. <gasps> That's what I get for not printing it out. Hang on, hang on, everybody. It just automatically closed. Hang on. Wow. I have to ask you myself, how would Ariel about, handle this? You made a comment <laughs> about AI, and I guess it just uh, put you in your it, place then. <laughs> I, I think it probably did. You know, I was sort of suspicious about that. Okay, let me have this. Thank goodness, here it is. Okay, we we got it back. But oh no, not that. Sorry, everybody. Just a minute. Clicking all the wrong. But hey, it's never happened to me before. I've never had an online crash like this. <laughs> That'll teach me not to print this out. Okay, here we go. All right, I'm scrolling now. Hang in there. Okay, here we got it. This is about golden retrievers. I love golden retrievers. I think most of you do. We love all dogs, but. There's nothing like a golden retriever, guys. And so I didn't know this. I'll bet a lot of you already know this. See, I learned more by doing the Starseed News, and you guys are all smarter than I am. But <laughs> I, didn't know that, I didn't know that golden retrievers was a fairly new breed. Did you know that, Arielle? Did you no, know I didn't. That? Uh -huh. Oh, thank you. Well, I didn't either. And it's only been 155 years since that breed was developed. Uh they were developed deep in the Highland Glen in Scotland 155 years ago. Yep, that was when the world's first golden retrievers were born. There were some puppies. They were named Primrose, Cowslip, and Crocus. <laughs> Primrose, Cowslip, and Crocus. And uh, they were part, this is even funnier, they were part of Lord Tweedsmouth attempt to create a supreme hunting dog. Lord Tweedsmouth. Okay. <laughs> he had this huge estate in the Highlands, big, lots of, you know, the, those Scottish lords have big big pieces of property, right? And he wanted to build, a, a, make a dog that had this this thick fur and webbed feet and had all these characteristics to, to be excellent at hunting. 
So he uh, he wanted actually he wanted a gun dog. He wanted a retrieve game like grouse, and that's really rugged country in the in the lochs and hills of Scotland. It has ice cold rivers and it's um, rugged. And um, he had this huge estate up in the Scottish Highlands. So anyway, he's the one that that started breeding the uh, golden retrievers. Lest we forget what we're talking about here. Well, um, the first litter of three pups. Their first parents to the retrievers was a liver-colored tweed water spaniel and a yellow wax-coated retriever. That were the original parents. Those were the original parents of golden retrievers. Oh, a tweed water spaniel and a yellow wavy-coated retriever. All right. Well, anyway, last week on Thursday, I think it was, they had a celebratory gathering, an anniversary gathering of golden retrievers and their owners from more than 12 countries, including Canada, the United States, New Zealand, Germany, Netherlands, Romania, Czech Republic, Italy, Croatia, and Estonia. They all gathered together at Lord Tweedmouse property in the Highlands uh, to celebrate the uh, birth of the puppies, the first, where the first golden retrievers were born. And they all gathered around this ancient ruined mansion house of Lord Tweedmouse. Now, it's much older than 155 years old because it was an ancient Scottish mansion, and it's pretty cool looking, but it's all kind of run down. The, the rocks are tumbling down out of it, but it's on a big hillside, and they took a picture of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of uh, golden retrievers on a hillside. It was fabulous. You ought to look it up. Oh, wow. Um, so that's the, one of the large, world's largest gatherings of the retrievers in one place, obviously. And hundreds of owners and hundreds of pedigreed dogs were meeting and greeting on the Irish, on the Scottish Highlands, and I'm telling you what, they are gorgeous dogs. I mean, you, these these are breeders, and <laughs> these are magnificent retrievers. The secretary of the Golden Retriever uh, Club of Scotland said the aim of the gathering was to keep alive the knowledge of the breed. She said that uh, established breeders were mindful of protecting the dog's special qualities and temperament. Uh, the article also said that for some reason they were very upset that during the pandemic times, apparently the dogs were not being bred with integrity. I don't know what that was about. So they're trying to reassert uh, the proper retriever, I guess. And uh, it's sort of a, a show of support for um, protecting the breed as they have been for so many years. Um, anyway, that's that. But if you get a chance, you know, all the love dogs, look that up. Uh, golden retrievers in the Scottish Highlands, and you'll see the photos. Photos, man, they're beautiful dogs. All right. Well, um, you heard about the alien spaceship crash landing, maybe on Mars. Have you heard about that? Uh, maybe not. No. Well, it's been on the net in certain key places. It's an alien spaceship, they say, that crash landed um, on Mars. Well, they say, you know, that can't be ruled out. Uh, as the cause of these strange pointy protrusions that they've discovered on Mars. In April, apparently, NASA's Curiosity rover photographed what appeared to be rows of spikes, plates, and wedges protruding from rocks on the floor of the 96-mile Gales crater. Now, when you see the photograph, it actually does look like a huge saucer that probably is halfway in the ground with its outer edge protruding out of the dirt kind of what it looks like. Well, now a new paper published in the Journal of Astrobiology concludes 
that the formations might be sand spikes, similar to those to, uh, known to form on Earth in waterlogged sands during strong earthquakes of magnitude 7 and greater. That's almost more information than we need. But the research also cautions that a fragment from an extraterrestrial or terrestrial spacecraft cannot be discounted with absolute certainty. Now, uh, they were pointing out what appears to be wheels, an axle, and a debris field that were photographed in a different part of this crater. So check that out. But what's odd about this is a fragment from an extraterrestrial or terrestrial spacecraft cannot be discounted with absolute certainty. Are they saying that people from the planet Earth <clears throat> have sent a craft to Mars? I mean, what is? what are they talking about? <laughs> I don't know. See, I'm talking about these articles. You read them, and you don't know who or what wrote it. Now, finally, this is cute. I like this story. In fact, it's a wonderful story. A a teenager, actually specifically a 14-year-old boy named Xavier, embarked on a very challenging journey to attend his eighth-grade graduation ceremony. Now, it wasn't held at the, you know, the high school or the eighth-grade place, not eighth grade place, listen to me, <laughs> but it was held <laughs> at Harris Stowe State University in St. Louis, Missouri. So they were having an eighth grade graduation at the State University. Now, uh, his grandfather's car wasn't working, so Xavier had no way to get to graduation. So he decided to walk six miles under the scorching sun and during really rough neighborhoods, St. Louis is rough, and busy traffic along the way. Thirsty and tired, he even asked strangers for a dollar to buy some water. Well, while the president of the the university was giving the ceremony to Xavier, was so deeply moved by this boy's determination, guess what she did? She awarded him a four-year full-ride scholarship right there on the spot, along with his eighth-grade diploma. Oh, wow. Now, the eighth grader, misunderstanding the term full ride, initially believed it meant he wouldn't have to walk to college again, sparking laughter (laughs) from the very delighted principal. (laughs) After walking six miles, a full ride meant something very different. He didn't know it was a scholarship. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, I'm going to quote my mother tonight. I'm going to give you all a wonderful quote from Mother Dottie, and I tell you, She was quite the woman. And you know what she said? I'm going to share it, and I hope that you all take it to heart, because I certainly did. And she was a wise woman. She was tough, and she was kind, and she was good. Excuse me. And she said, very simply, it's three words, never give up. Never give up. So from my heart to each one of you, in the times that are challenging ahead of us, listen to Mother Dottie. Never, ever, ever give up. Never. I love all of you. Thank oh, you, Ariel, for having me. Thank, Good night. Thank you so much, Anastasia. <laughs> Good job again, and we'll talk to you um, in the next show. Sure. Good night, Okay. Gary. Good night. Okay. Um, so we are going to uh, hear information from Lavendar's Vault. This is Key Codes to Empowerment, Transmutation, and Galactic Tracking. I decided to take some more things out of the vault today. 
and I'm looking at the date of February 5th, 1989. And we're going to talk about key codes to starseed empowerment. There are five main ingredients to a starseed empowerment. The first is natural state. The second is rites of passage. The third is taking one's power. Four, holding the point. And five, functioning within sacred space. Empowerment activation of starseed happens when a person aligns to their natural state, which matches the core of their being. Through astrological planetary alignments, one can find a blueprint which matches this natural state. In a natal chart, there are markings and aspects which clearly shows where rites of passage present itself to the person. Rites of passage. This is a clear definition of how natural states affects one while on the earth. This reflects other levels of rites of passage regarding starseed participation. Through an astrological chart, this too can be a clear signal of ET behavior modes. Astrological timings are evident whether a person is only curious or whether they truly want to know their responsibility level concerning their participation. Taking one's power. This takes place after one acknowledges natural state and being aware of rites of passage. This creates a bridge between earth and star connections. Responsibility now has a new meaning as to the self and to others. This will also reflect intent from the core of the soul, which in turn will resonate to the core of the planet. Holding the point. Staying focused on the purpose of natural state. Honoring the action of rites of passage and maintaining the proper use of will. Then a person will be exemplified by creative, productive management of power. This is an energetic that will activate immediately. If the person's timing and synchronization is ready for the quickening. Sacred space. When natural state is aligned to the will willingness of the commitment of soul, it is from this position of knowingness that enables the soul to create sacred space. When one establishes oneself, spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally, psychically, environmentally, then can energies, energies emerge to match galactic or starseed activation. So the question is, who is willing, capable, and ready to receive the starseed quickening? Now we go to February 5th, 1989, Las Vegas. However, it has been rewritten from the original draft, which is June 18th, 1989, which, of course, the sun at that time was probably 26 of Gemini. Subject, Cosmic Chess. Cosmic Chess, spin codes for decoding procedures. Number one. Violation happens at these levels. A. Manipulation. B. Control. C. Abuse. D. Judgment. And E. Punishment. 2. 
Whoever stops the spin is responsible for starting it up again, but higher. 3. Never play coyote within the spin, always away from it. Coyote energy polarizes itself and eats the spin from within. 4. Magnetize those things that work. Use whatever works. Keep within harmonics of action. 5. Demagnetize those things that do not serve or benefit the spin. 6. By natural state, you will attract those things that keep the spin going and manifesting. 7. When in doubt about the use of will, ask. Don't pretend to know. 8. Defer to the person that has the spin. Don't try to do someone else's job. 9. If someone else's spiritual path touches you, ask yourself, Does this help or hinder the spin? If it hinders, then say, By my right of passage, I defer. Let this cup pass my lips. If it does not help the spin, then open up the matching frequency of alignment for someone to match it. When this energy is set forth, an automatic test will come to test to see if it is attraction or alignment. Attraction cannot stay for long. The commitment ray can only stay with alignment. 10. Four bases of molecular spin. They are the truth ray, the integrity ray, transmutation ray, and resurrection ray. First, the truth ray. Knowingness extended through the eyes or physical body to extract harmonics or disharmonics of action of intended action. This ray can only operate in the now moment, for other intents of play can always change and transform truth. Intent and truth manifest instantly for those that can call upon this harmonic. Integrity ray. Knowingness extended with the truth ray, intent calls forth a harmonic of right action with a high spin of the now moment, which in turn translates to other up-and-coming moments of action or intended action. Transmutation ray. Knowingness with rites of passage in order to change one form to another. All harmonics are attuned to the high spin for all involved in the spin and outside the spin that will be affected by this process. Resurrection Ray Knowingness of cycles of cosmic windows concerning death and rebirth of rites of passage. This also depends on whether the persons using this ray have their knowingness with all probable plays of such action. When these four rays are used simultaneously in molecular spin, then what one might term magic occurs. This spin executes the alchemical process, with all four spinning together with intent as the pull of action. Visualize the four directions with you standing in the middle holding the intent as the blueprint of crystalline thought projections. When the intent is clear about the outcome, no matter which way it goes, initiates the powers of manifestation in times past. This process was misused and abused by those that thought they had the right to change certain people or events. Alignment of all concern was not considered, and downfalls of people 
and governments happen because the intent was colored with selfish and greedy intentions. Corruption of people only transpires when the cosmic process of rites of passage concerning the original blueprint of evolutionary programs. There are degrees of magic. To use a matrix designed for immediate people or surroundings creates certain harmonics of distinct action. It is a waste to use one's powers of magic in small energy fields before commission to larger ones that encompass larger blueprints that affect larger numbers of people or events. Discernment is a must on all levels of perceptions and participation. In other words, don't bite off more than you can chew. Understand your capabilities as well as your limitations. Mastership at any level requires this kind of understanding. When using these four rays, understand that what you envision from a third dimensional point of view may not look the same from another perspective. When invoking the powers of the masters to come and assist in this process also requires a knowingness of how the masters play from sky to earth. When you invoke the best, don't ever think that one can always see what the best is from a master's awareness. If one decides to use this molecular spin in order to bust something or someone, then be prepared for the dragon to be unleashed also in the direction of oneself. Keep things of this nature simple in the beginning, for through simplicity understanding can take root and easiness becomes a reality. Before one sets a matrix with these four rays, establish the rites of passage, and this does not mean playing God in all matters. This has been the place where misinterpreting rears its ugly head. Also be aware of those forces that are in opposition to change, and never take for granted that their powers are lesser than yours in sacred matters. A miscalculation at this level can bring devastation to body, mind, and soul. Not many on the planet wish to take their personal power of action, much less venture into unknown realms of other realities connected to other plans such as global group mind action. Many tests of spirit will manifest for those that take this kind of power and knowledge. When the tests are over, and those above, considering all tests involved, will always let the seeder know what steps to take next in their knowingness. This is a personal time, and others cannot help you here, for they may not have all the ingredients of information that is needed in order for one to take their next step. It is also wise to consult someone that has gone through these particular tests as only a guideline, not an absolute. Wise and unwise decisions make for mastership. However, it is easier and more in alignment to choose wise decisions based on known facts along with considerations of unknown facts. Never judge someone else's method of using the four rays. Their methods may be attuned to areas that don't match your particular methods. The end results of creative spin will always, and I mean always, render the end results. In other words, their way may not be your way. Magic occurs when harmonics are placed in proper sequence of cosmic timings. But intent 
always determines the outcome. Synchronization is confirmation. Let me say that again. Synchronization is confirmation. When opportunity matches timing, watch magic. See what happens. Some people actually call it luck. If you feel that your timing is off, go be alone. Connect to the four directions or the four rays of some and refer to the four faces of God. Offer up your higher self any discrepancy. Allow the knowing to pour through. Then stand firm on your timing once you have it clear. Knowing comes from discernment of holographic facts, not part, but whole. When in galactic awareness, it is important to remember that, <laughs> that no matter what other sins to you, either negative or positive, that it will only strengthen your light. Some spiritual lessons teach protection shields that reflect back on the sender, when in turn this creates sometimes boomerang effects that stops those magic moments. Those with envy attach to their intentions. When your light becomes too bright, well, they usually just stop sending. Manipulation is the right hand of misuse of power. It is the co-creator of control. The one who wants control will be controlled. Abuse of frequency happens when you place your energy where it is not invited to be by rites of passage. The Let's Fix It syndrome applies to misuse of rites of passage. Judgment. Whether you judge or whatever you judge, judges you. This is true in spiritual training. In galactic training, it automatically will stop the magic of the moment. It depletes cosmic spins faster than any energy. Judgment not only stops it, it kills it by crushing it to death. Being overshadowed by a higher being doesn't always give one permission to change timing or a fated event. Knowing this with discernment has to be present if such an assignment is at hand. Astral beings or runners do not have rites of passage to determine major moves on the cosmic chessboard. There are times when they are allowed when testing the spirit of the person is part of the training. Many factors have to be considered in the testing process. Remember that not all are tested the same way. There are certain galactic key codes dealing with geomancy and only those with rites of passage to the codes have the ability to read them. But most importantly have the translation to match the key codes to match this knowledge. This misinterpreting is where many lose it or get burned. Cooing others' assignments usually starts to happen at this level also. Reward and punishment concepts when applied, reviewed and played out through polarity is for earthlings for lessons of spiritual distinctions. In galactic harmonics, this does not work. It stops the spin and allows for more spiritual training. I give it, I take it away, through reward and punishment intent when played in galactic programs will backfire with such precision that many can hardly sustain the effects of the burn. 
Playing fair and on target means knowing and allowing, but at the same time staying magnetized to the particular molecular spring created through the four-ray process, plus the help of overshadows or galactic beings in charge of your galactic process. The time to let go of a spin is when you know it is going to intentionally damage the outcome of the intended spin. Then you let it go. If on the other hand you are very close to completion and it becomes just a matter of being disappointed or physically too tired to continue, then reconsider. Take time out but hold the spin in thought. Defer if need be to another and resume your spin when all again is balanced. If others such as walk-ins or light workers start demanding your time as in networking and it interferes with a spin, simply send a balancing beam so that their needs can be met by someone else. You can even do this through the eyes or through a handshake. You may utter silently or out loud, by my divine rite of passage, send a key code phrase that you know applies to their awareness level, then just simply pass it on. This next statement might be misinterpreted by some but could be applauded by others. Here it is. Learn to share power, but never give it up when holding key codes to the four-way spin. Defer only to someone of equal status or better. Never, and I mean never, yield to a lesser power. And this is signed by Celine, the moon goddess rewritten from the original draft of February 5th, 1989 to June 18th, 1989. Here is some more transmissions from the vault. And this one is dated July 3rd, 1982, Las Vegas, Nevada. Subject, Transmutation. The ancient ones have said that it's better to walk among them than to walk with them. What does this really mean? A true definition of this lies within each soul. The answer comes from memory traces of advanced programming that the soul has already encountered. You don't remember? Those that have remembered have kept alive the teachings and concept of the great light teachers have been, who have been able to pass down through the ages the ancient secrets of light. One of these secrets is the ability for one to transmute himself or herself into higher powers of being. A creative being, an awareness level of light transformed into energy. As a productive tool for creation, it is essential for one who is seeking the way of truth and understanding through this frequency of light. On the earth at the present time is an assortment of constructive and disruptive energies. As one becomes more attuned to light frequencies, then one will vibrate more readily to constructive measures. A transformation or a transmutation has to begin within each individual soul that is seeking higher truths. If the body, mind, and soul are in accordance with light frequency patterns from their source, then they may start to transmute the energies around them. 
Examples of these are 1. Bouncing of food, transmuting any chemicals or unbalanced properties and turning them just straight into light energy. 2. Dispelling negation. While walking through crowds, emanating an energy of light, which acts rather like a garbage collector turning negativity into positive ionized energy. 3. Helping other light workers to maintain their light and balance through helping remove all negative emotional patterns. 4. Building an atomic structure of light around human bodies, automobiles, or other modes of transportation, and not forgetting environmental surroundings. 5. Transmuting energies to match pyramidal grid systems on the planet Earth through crystal golden frequency. 6. Taking any disharmonic frequency and simply turning it into light frequency energy. 7. Matching frequencies with the Earth and other resonating star systems. These are some of the duties of star people, walk-ins, and light workers on the planet. Not all will be balanced enough to do this work. An exercise that one might try toward balancing the mind, body, and spirit is the following and use this to transmute a disharmonic. Visualize the apex of a pyramid. The one of Giza is a good one to think about. Picture beneath the pyramid an inverted giant crystal. See and feel the pulse of the generator which throbs within the structure. Tune into this beat. If you're balanced, then the pulse will be felt by you. See a light coming from the sky, being drawn into the generator of the pyramid. Now sh see it shooting from the top of the pyramid directly to your forehead. With practice, this will become a reality of frequency attainment. It is through this frequency that transmutation will take place. There are other exercises that will also work but this one is the direct result of the energy that is being fed to the pyramid from the Creator. The Pyramid of Giza is a focal point of concentrated crystal energy that maintains the balance of the planet Earth. It is for this reason that the exercise is given for it is directly from the source of all that is for you starseeds. Remember that throughout the transmutation process a great relief from density of the masses and the laggards is possible, and one can now go to other planes of existence, but not through physical death, but directly through transmutation of the light process. This process was shown by the one known as Jesus the Nazarene. However, through the ages the truth has been revised, deleted, and destroyed. Now is the time for the truth of transformation and transmutation to be released again to the planet Earth. Without this process, the planet could not evolve out of chaos and destruction into the light vibration of the fourth dimension. Let every light being awakened to this process of transmutation that the light energy will once again be predominant on planet Earth. Now is the time, brothers and sisters, 
of starseed heritage to go forth with the light energy which comes from crystalline frequencies of attunement. Go forth into the world of chaos and transmute it into light. The planet is at stake, yes, also the balance of the entire universe. Go out and meet each day with transmutation of energy upon your frequency. Change those things which are of disharmonics. Remember first, you must do this for yourself before you can effectively transmute others. Know that help comes to those who ask. That is the first form of transmutation, through asking and getting answers which will help transmute the problem. Yes, now is the time for every starseed, walk-in, and light worker to be awakened to the calling of their destiny. Go to every corner of the earth and set forth the energies so that the ancient secrets can once again come back to help establish the law of one. April 8, 1986, Aruba. Subject, Galactic Tracking. This is a soul mental process. The energy of all that is resides within the soul. When the physical body is manifested, the computer that works within the perimeter of the third dimensional thinking is confined to experiences of the earth plane. But to those souls that have acquired other experiences from other dimensions, carry with them perceptions of power, meaning that the third dimensional rule does not restrict them in their ability to travel in the fifth dimension of time and space. By using past knowledge, these souls can traverse to past and future memories. Galactic tracking became a prerequisite or training for the gods and goddesses of more advanced species. It was also the beginner's handbook for being able to be in several locations simultaneously. Consciousness does not split as many imagine, but fulfills itself to increasing velocity and maintains the optimum creative force from the original core of the, of the power source. Some would say this is splitting off, but splitting off implies dividing itself, and, and this is just not so with this technique, but many will not know the difference. Galactic tracking was taught so that souls could find each other after the explosion in the spiritual sun, which caused the souls to split off into other forms of nucleus. Many were split into different categories and different time frames. It is difficult for third-dimensional earth thinking to comprehend such a complex mechanism. Some split into 9, 12, 18, 24, 33 and combinations of those numbers. Most of the souls though split into 18 parts, but those 18 would have varying effects with other groupings, which would include all the different splits. If one were to find all their parts in order to evolve to the next stage, then there, then there had to be a way of tracking the other split parts. Thus, tracking was devised to help locate these other souls. Thus, it is the responsibility of each soul to come together in consciousness with the other divided souls. Each time there is a massive evacuation of souls from the planet, each time that a new root race is started on a planet, a gigantic galactic tracking operation is put into motion. Certain souls are chosen to be key galactic trackers in order to bring together a great collection of souls that has not been able to find their missing parts. A network was formed with various brotherhoods, and many from different species were volunteered 
from their collective brotherhoods to be assigned to the galactic tracking operation. And one of these brotherhoods is within the region of the Pleiades. There are others throughout the galaxy. The one galactic tracking station that correlates the comings and goings of galactic tracking in this galaxy happens from the Antares-Secturus Midway Station. This is a crystalline structure which houses mass computers which regulate not only what goes on in this solar system, but also acts as interconnecting brains to other solar systems. It is from here that the records are kept about souls that were split into so many different parts. From this crystal midway station, many decisions are made by a collective group of already partially rejoined souls, and part of their mission is to locate the remaining souls to collectively work as a complete unit of consciousness. A common denominator of quartz crystal, or its equivalent in frequency, became the tracking device that could be depended on for regrouping these split-off souls, a common vehicle of translucent, transcending thought with energy as the follow-through. This is a creative process throughout the universe. Aruba, 1986. Subject. Art of Transference of Galactic Tracking. Traveling between dimensions can be a bit tricky concerning dimensional brain activity. The art of transference, or to some known as galactic tracking, is attempted by many on the earth plane, but few in comparison develop the true art. Many pretend that they do it, talk about it, say how they step out and do work and come back to the body again, but very few actually do that procedure. However, most walk-ins are attuned to this art of transference because of their missions on the earth plane. Some starseed that are not walk-ins also know of this art, but it's not an easy, as some might lead others to believe. Among some metaphysicians that wildly acclaim that out-of-body is easy and can be taught readily to anyone is a falsehood when the following guidelines are followed. For those that are caught between fact and fiction of the art of transference, here are some points to remember. 1. Obtain permission of the beings residing in that dimension. 2. If the dimension is not in alignment to your corresponding source, then ask for a guidance clearing system that helps you disconnect from the visiting area. 3. Experiences in other dimensions should remain there. Try not to pull them to another dimensional system, such as the third dimension. Some dimensions cannot interlock, but not the third, not until after August of 87. 4. Determine in which dimension to venture with your consciousness. Establish intent. Ask for permission to enter and to leave, then ask for guidance as to what to bring back in consciousness. Experiences should stay in that dimension, but on occasion beings will give permission to let a certain remembrance system to filter through in consciousness so to enlighten a whole root race of people. Many writers have had short glimpses in order to bring to earth a storyline that matches evolutionary programming. 5. Ascended Masters that have completed their evolutionary program of Earth 
have also completed the understanding of all cosmic laws governing dimensions. Ascended Masters usually work in combinations of different dimensions, and their frequencies usually match in spiral-like fashion. 6. Galactic or extraterrestrial beings, not Ascended Masters from Earth, work differently with dimensional energy because of the creative process of developing stars, planets, worlds, and other, and other interlocking world spaces. Some Ascended Masters are also now galactic beings, and some galactic beings have volunteered to enter third dimensional programming and later were looked upon as Ascended Masters. They both work in similar frequency, but not as many would, as would like to perceive. 7. Group Mind, or some of the established brotherhoods of light, have most clearances to other dimensions. If attuned, then one can ask of them to help set up a frequency of travel in order to go and return safely. This is to establish with the soul pattern the balance in which to carry the vibration of travel. It is all latest light work, and the prop proper entrance and exit from this lattice then depends upon holding onto whatever third dimensional sanity that is left. Using group mind frequencies or brotherhood of light emanations can be a fail-safe journey if all laws are applied. If not, then a psychic burnout or complete nervous breakdown can occur. Some have even experienced physical disconnects and have physically died. Many of Earth's institutions are full of those that ventured too far and knew not how to correctly return to the third dimension. A note here to those galactic trackers now on Earth. This procedure should be familiar and also adhered to. Signed, Telecommunication from the Crystal Brotherhood from the Antares Arcturus Midway Station. January 16, 1986, Aruba. Subject, Color Spectrum, Other Dimensions. Everything without exception on planet Earth comprised of color, light, and sound. The harmonics of these extends the manifestation of rainbow colors. These rainbow colors can be demonstrated when the prism of light is focused through water, mist, or crystal. Earth is primarily a projection of seven colored rays, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and purple. These colors function within the third dimension spectrum. All modes of life are in synchronization with these seven color rays. During the age of Leo, when the continent of Atlantis was destroyed, a quarantine was placed around the planet of Earth, and it became apparent that dimensional windows had been shut and communication was terminated from other life forms that resided in other dimensions. The law of change and flexibility of dimensions no longer applied to the third dimension. The cosmic quarantine established this manifestation. A celestial transmission was sent and formed a coded locked third dimensional energy. A coded locked third dimensional energy. This was closely monitored by the hierarchy that had been responsible for the cosmic quarantine. This was established to ensure a certain period of time for the inhabitants of Earth to experience a series of spiritual lessons based upon third dimensional cosmic laws. Harmonics were established through color, light, and sound to match this third dimensional manifestation.
It was decided by the council members that not all beings on the planet would be bound by the quarantine. Special dispensation was given to 144,000 light beings to keep within their soul pattern memories of other dimensions and the coding harmonics of traveling through time and space. These light beings held within their blood crystals the coatings of entrances and exits of dimensional travel. Also they held and still hold the resonating points and entire blueprints of evolution that one day will bring planet Earth back to its original position before the destruction of Atlantis. It is through the teachings and the instructions of these 144,000 that each and every zodiacal age were consummated and recorded upon Earth's records. The age of Aquarius has now approached, which is the opposite of Leo, and the time has come for Earth to be released from the cosmic quarantine and to function in co-creator space with other dimensions and other planets within the universe. The August Harmonic Convergence, August 15th to the 20th of 87, will bring forward a planetary alignment that not only reactivates the original 144,000 light beings, but also their offspring, their bloodline transference of crystalline coded measure. These beings will hold resonating fields of electro-biomagnetic energies that will help the planet and its people to move in symphony with the harmonics of the spheres. The harmonics of color will be experienced with intensified recollections of memory traces, and colors may extend into other dimensional windows. Other dimensions have other harmonic systems based on varied colors and these colors are not demonstrated in the third dimension. Light beings of other dimensional species travel on these waves of frequency. All dimensions have different light and sound and color velocity. Space travel, whether it be from planet or dimension, depends on the use of different color codes infused with light harmonics resonating on the wave factor. The original 144,000 hold the key codes of planet Earth concerning Earth's inhabitants venturing to other planets and dimensions. Their instructions and teachings regarding dimensional light color rays and their proper use of harmonics will help Earth and its inhabitants to travel to other star systems. There is a code of traveling referred to as hyperspace, which jumps, not goes through dimensions. By this process, beings from far-reaching galaxies can visit other galaxies as fast as the speed of thought. One of the main principles of space travel is based upon crystal light rays that interlock with these harmonic waves, and without crystal hyperspace travel would not be possible. There are many crystals, especially those from Arkansas, that have been coded to all colors of all planets and dimensions within this Cosmic Planning Commission. These crystals have been activated as planetary harmonics and will interlace varied color coatings. Some coated crystals will act as laser lights of spiraling energy pulling in from other dimension color codes of different evolutionary patterns. The distribution of these crystals around the world has helped not only the energy vortex of Earth, but helped bring balance back between man and nature. 
The tiny Giza crystals that have now circled the globe many times also hold within them the resonating frequencies of the 1987 August Harmonic Convergence. Those who helped in their distribution have received balancing beams. No machine has yet been invented to measure this kind of crystalline frequency. Let it be known that harmonic honor will resonate to every participant who helped in this global crystal distribution. The next one is August 19, 1987. Subject, Taking Your Power. Taking your power through personal expression remains linear third-dimensional manifestation. When one has power over things, objects, collective subconscious emotional desire to have power over things, then consciousness remains earthbound. Taking your power through cosmic understanding brings forth God manifestations, unlimited in expression, and powers that can create worlds or destroy them, depending on the intent of the will of manifestation. The test of power comes to those ready and capable of taking their power. Tests created by the entity before birth, many wait to come to earth just for the test and lesson of power. Nowhere else can the polarity expressions exist in such duality as this planet. The tests are varied. Power struggles in family units, community units, country units, etc. The test of power takes many souls through many lifetimes to have experiences and all kinds of power plays. The ultimate test for mastership of Godhood is a simple one, but one that many overlook. Place no energy through thought or physical action that would interrupt nature's way of being. Only through complete union with nature can Godhood be achieved from the earth plane. Right use of power determines when ascension takes place. Then one will have the force of power. Take power and make it part of the symphony played by the celestial messengers and the bodies of harmonic vibrations. The misuse of power has been the only factor in the destruction of other planets. Right use of will or the divine right action was neither followed nor declared valid when the final stroke of fate took over a planet by the misuse of power. May 18, 1986, Aruba. Subject, Relations About Power. In order to gain power, sometimes one has to lose it. We read that again. In order to gain power, sometimes one has to lose it. When power is given and take away by the stroke of the celestial precision, then it becomes a gift from the gods. When power is attained from a god or goddess state of awareness and maintained in proper balance, it is no longer a gift from the realms that rule this earth. Instead, it is a way of acknowledging equal status of the greatest creative power known in this universe. The only one that can take it away is the one in charge of his or own power, which is connected to every celestial program in the heavens. Without this kind of awareness and acknowledgement of intent, many will come and go through the wheel of power. 
Some will take this power and wield it for themselves in selfish actions, while others will wield this energy into energies that will unselfishly help the freedom of every soul, everywhere and beyond. So, let the lesson for today be, in order for one to take their power, they must unselfishly empower someone else and learn from every aspect what it means to use and misuse any power mode at any level of manifestation. How many of you can take your power and stand toe to toe, eye to eye, with any god or goddess in the universe? April 5, 1986, Aruba. This is a short one. Let there be choices, not limitations in your manifestations. Let the choices be decisions based on non-judgmental energies of do's and don'ts. Preference by virtue of cosmic law, meaning being in the flow of spiraling energy that will create the balanced effect created by the harmonics in motion. Spin the energy of manifestation, then release it for the universe to create it into divine form. Detach from your personal interests. Spin, release, walk away. July 21st, 1987. Subject, August 16th, 17th, 1987. Global Science Congress, Denver, Colorado. Let there be no mistake that these meetings were called on multi-level instruction. Scientists not only from Atlantis, but from other planets and civilizations that are now on Earth will be coming together in a more sympathetical vibration. Throughout the universe, many civilizations have advanced in technology out of synchronization with their spiritual knowledge. Of course, some of the experience on planets that have third-dimensional programming have the trials and tribulations of the balance procedures of scientific knowledge and cosmic law manifestations. Some planets have been destroyed because free will choice chose the scientific path instead of blending spiritual knowingness with science. The old scientists from the past are being called together all over the world on this August Harmonic Convergence. Not only Denver, but in other places of scientific nature. There may even come forth a new breed of thought concerning the blending of science and metaphysics. This plan has been in motion for a long time because the cosmic window opens in the same harmonic as when Atlantis took her final destruction. Many scientists from Atlantis have been waiting for thousands of years for this opportunity to bring forth the balancing procedures so that technology won't end up destroying another civilization. Honor these two days in your time of counting, for it will be through decisions and manifestations of those Mange's past to rise and take a firm stand as to the balancing procedures that must take place in order for Earth to rightfully take her place with her planetary commission. Before Atlantis went down, Earth was a way station and had interstellar commerce. Space travel was prevalent, and not until the misuse of power did this change. Certain ideas among your scientists have have to change in the next few years of your counting in order for Earth to once again join her sister planets in engaging in commerce of a celestial nature. This can be done, and because free will has reigned at this time, it will be up to individual choice and collective choice of scientific group mind. 
Let not your ego stand in the way of planetary progress. Join in unison so that billions upon the planet Earth will evolve into other realms of existence. At this time in your history, the scientific community holds more cosmic blueprints of evolution than any other time since Atlantis. Please take the time to review these concepts and let you not be a part of holding back or interfering with the balancing process of science and metaphysical cosmic law. The greatest of souls from your Earth records will be attending these scientific meetings. Even some that have left your planet long ago will beam down for these occasions. The August Harmonic Convergence is a time when Earth meets sky and opens cosmic dimensional windows of travel. This is a very exciting time, and those viewing these meetings will be tuned into every scientist on the planet. It will be from this period of time that scientific information will be reached will reach its most critical discernment. Critical discernment. The decision is yours, but then it always has been. Telethought transmission from the Ontario's Arcturus Midway Station, transmission reduced in wavelength energy by transformer transmitter aboard the starship TX-11, the Star of Bethlehem, sign Xylophon. The next one I'm going to read um, is April 25, 1983, and this was the day after Shirley MacLaine's birthday and. She had come to Cripple Creek to spend her solar return. I was awakened at 5 in the morning and was told to go to a certain place that I would receive this transmission. And here it is. Subject. Discernment of Frequency, April 25, 1983, Cripple Creek, Colorado. Countless people upon the planet of Earth are having to learn the art of discernment. Those souls who have decided to help usher in the new age of reason are the ones responsible for bringing discernment, first to their own lives before teaching it to other people. The first law of discernment is, one, give your power of frequency to no one. Two, keep your frequency clear of vacillating forces. Three. Keep your brain and soul frequency attuned to the same source. One cannot function with right action with the other. 4. Attune your discernment to coincide with the cosmic laws which govern the universe. This means vacating man's law when necessary. If you're afraid of hurting someone's feelings, then you're giving them the power over your discernment. In reality, you're afraid because you do not wish for your own feelings to be hurt. Discernment can only work when applied to the frequency of the law of non-resistance. This law provides great protection for the power stays within and gives to no one the frequency to disrupt intended flow of discernment. There is a way to care for and love people of the planet. But to best use one's frequency for the highest good, caring and loving should be without emotions, intellect or psychic attachment. If you give power to anyone in these areas, then forces can sway you this way and that way when doing the higher frequencies of spiritual work. The first and most important lesson to learn 
is the law of discernment. For without this knowing, one cannot be called upon to carry the secrets of the ancients, or even to have access to them. Strength comes from knowing, and knowing comes from the intricate balance of making all cosmic laws flow through our daily thoughts and actions. When a thought comes to your brain, and you have not attained complete discernment, then that thought can be from anyone to whom you have given your frequency. You have to be the one to stop the frequencies which have influence over your thinking. This also applies to those above the earth as well as on it. A great balance is to come to the earth, bringing harmony to the universe, but it must start with the ones on this planet. The greatest balance comes from the law of discernment, and discernment comes from knowing. Good day, signed, Ptah. Then I wrote a little prayer mm -hmm. for galactic walk-ins on August 20, 1983 in Santa Monica, California. Here's the prayer. I know I haven't talked to you as often as I used to, but I get so homesick with hourly communication beaming to my third dimensional consciousness. I know that I have protection, and for that I give thanks for receiving the love and guidance from my over-self frequency. I gratefully attuned the frequency from which I come. Let my light be that of ever-flowing abundance of truth and understanding for this adventurous experience. I claim for myself the art of discernment by using cosmic divine laws by divine right action. And so be it. Lavendar. Lavendar, thank you so much for such important information that you have been collecting since the 70s and the 80s. And it's just as valid today as it ever was, maybe even more so. So thank you to Lavendar. And we will be back uh, two weeks from tonight. Until that time, remember to hold gratitude in your heart and replace judgment with compassion. Until next time, good night, everyone. been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com.